the man in charge of sonic motivation for players. DJ extraordinaire. The official DJ of your Edmonton Oilers. For the NHL hub. DJ for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Of the World Junior Hockey Championship. John Hicks. John Hicks. John Hicks, a.k.a. Johnny Infamous. Johnny Infamous. Johnny Infamous. Johnny Infamous. A shout out to DJ Infamous in the building at Rogers Place, keeping the energy up. Welcome to Between Whistles with your host, Johnny Infamous. Season one. Episode one. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Presented by DraftKings. Use promo code THPN to unlock rewards at DraftKings.com. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in wherever you get your podcasts for our maiden voyage here on Between Whistles. My name is Johnny Infamous. The intro gave you the Coles notes, but for those of you who don't know me, I've been working in radio for the last decade, game presentation in the NHL for the last seven years, and I was extremely lucky and incredibly grateful to be able to be involved in some amazing hockey events, specifically over the last year and a half, uh, the NHL Bubbles, World Juniors, Stanley Cup, both of them back-to-back. I mean, we're living in some strange days right now. Let's just be honest. It's f***ing crazy. But what's come out of the pandemic has been some of the most original once-in-a-lifetime sports productions that we have ever seen and may never see, at least in this specific context, in our lifetime again. The Stanley Cup was awarded in a building that housed 14 teams from the league over three months. The World Juniors Trophy was lifted by young athletes in front of a mostly empty stadium. But what came from these new journeys where no one has gone before was a level of production and content delivery that raised the bar and will forever become part of the way we are delivered the game. And now it's transitioned into the current NHL season. Teams are coming up with new ways to reach their fans, engage their audience, and their players. I had the pleasure to connect and work with a ton of people behind the scenes in these thankless positions who make up the pieces of what you see on your TV screen during every matchup. And while we all know the athletes are the stars, there's a lot that happens between whistles. In season one, we're going to introduce you to these talents, game day professionals who work tirelessly under new guidelines and in an uncertain time, which we are living in, to bring you the best fan experience possible. So if you're a fan of hockey, you're going to be a fan of this show. So please subscribe. You'll get a window into a world few see and to the lives of people who dedicated their lives to the sport and its overall look and feel. And where better to start than at the tippy top of that pyramid with the man from which all creative content and inspiration trickles down from. Uh, let's bring in Steve Mayer. Before I do, like to remind you to go to DraftKings.com and use the code THPN as your promo code to receive rewards when you sign up. DraftKings.com, proud presenter of Between Whistles. He's known as the guru of the National Hockey League. Jeff Merrick called him the uh, man behind the curtain on his 31 Thoughts podcast. Uh, during the playoffs last year, he was referred to as the mayor of Hub City. I like to call him the right side of the NHL's brain. That's the creative side. Steve Mayer, uh, nine-time Emmy Award winner, responsible for putting together a wide range of live events and television, uh, not limited to, but including uh, the Olympics, NFL halftime shows, Winter Classic, World Cup of Hockey, numerous award shows. You name it, he's been there. He's been with the league since 2015 serving as cco that's chief content officer and uh steve a lot of people hear that title and the list of milestones and they wonder uh 
what exactly your position entails. I know, I know it's many things, entertainment director, television presentation manager, quality content supervisor, set designer, you do it all. Uh, in your own words, what is it you do? Well, first of all, congratulations on your new podcast. And I am honored. It's awesome to be here and just to, to talk. What's the job? All right. So when I first came to the league, uh, the job actually was titled executive producer. So uh, obviously, you know, there's content that's generated out of the league on a daily basis and obviously arrives on all of our platforms and uh, on our broadcast partners platforms. And our broadcast partner in Canada is Rogers Sportsnet and in the U.S. it's NBC. So the effort or the interest for, for me when I first got to the league was to, to take the content from here to here, raise the bar a bit. Only a few months after I started, a gentleman named Don Renzulli, who was running the events department, he left and I inherited his position. Along the way, I've also sort of added uniquely an entertainment team uh, that fits uniquely between events and production. In the end of the day, everything that's creative, to your, to your point of the right side of the brain, kind of runs through me in some manner. And, you know, I look after our broadcast creative, our production creative, our event creative. Now, I know immediately folks are wondering, you know, how'd you get to this position? What did you do before this? So before this, I worked for 20 years at IMG. IMG is one of the largest, if not the largest, sports marketing companies in the world, mostly in television production. In fact, I ran our television production business, but that television production business blossomed and grew to be an event production business as well. Uh, before that, I was freelancing as a television producer, mostly in sports. You know, I started on the air. I started doing what you do and behind the microphone. But when I sucked on air, uh, the best thing for me was to look behind the scenes and try to get jobs as producer or working in all aspects of a production. And that's where we are today. And now I'm at the NHL. I love every minute of it. It's been awesome. Uh, we got our, ourselves in, in quite an interesting period of time for all of us. But that's when you have to get the most creative and figure it out. And I think we're all doing it. And you know, I, I know having worked with you and your team, uh, you know, there aren't many people that do it better. And, you know, for us, uh, you know, we're just trying to attract other creative people. That's what we've done with our staff. And, you know, just looking to grow the league every single day. I would think one of the most difficult parts of your job, Steve, must be trying to convince people, especially teams, of your vision. We all know, you know, clubs have a certain way of doing things, a tradition. So how do you convey these ideas? I know you have a lot of big ones and get everyone on board with your way of thinking. I imagine some of them are apprehensive when you bring these ideas forward. How, how do you get them into your outside of the box kind of way of thinking? It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, you have to believe and have a conviction of what you creatively come up with and but you have to also understand especially in the nhl that there is a lot of tradition so you have to take your time you can't expect to change things overnight you know what we're only here to do is to grow the game 
to get more eyeballs on the game and to do something that everybody appreciates, and that is to get more people watching the NHL and loving the NHL, uh, whether it's the players being active on social media, whether it is a creative event that we put together. But you just got to give things a try, and, and it, you're just trying to convince those who have been around for a long time, those who are traditionalists, that I'm not here to mess with the game, I, and I'm not. You know, once the puck is dropped, but before, after, maybe during the middle when the whistle blows, you know, we're just trying to bring energy and trying to try some new things. But it's not easy. It's not easy. And I think, you know, that's part of the challenge, but it also is a cool part of the job that, you know, it is a challenge and it isn't so easy. And you just got to keep on plugging along and trying and trying to make each thing you do a little bigger and better than the last thing you just did. Well, speaking of bigger and better, I mean, one of these inventive ideas you had never before seen uh, during the Stanley Cup playoffs was the act of placing the Stanley Cup in plain sight on display for the players on this ominous stage overlooking the ice during game one of the finals. I remember it. It was just, it was breathtaking. This was one of the most talked about moments of the bubble. Do you ever get scared before trying something like that? Because it has the potential, these ideas to be taken the wrong way because of tradition and things like that. But it obviously ended up being amazing, fortunately. But do you ever lose sleep the night before you unveil something of that magnitude? I mean, I think those days are over for me. Uh, you know, now it's it's just like, let's go for it. We're living in a time where whether you think it's a great idea or maybe it wasn't so great, it's going to get kudos from some. It's going to get trashed by others. It's just the nature of it. Even that moment, you know, again, you talk about traditionalists. The traditionalists were that night writing on social media. Can you believe this? Can you believe this? And you and I knew that that was a pretty cool moment. You know, people ask me that all the time. Like, do you lose sleep? Do you lose No. Once we get an idea approved, go. Like, you know, for every one idea we get approved, there's 10 ideas we don't. And you got to live with what you believe in and you got to own it. And, you know, if that, if that backfired for some reason, we would have owned it. But it didn't. We just want to, you know, if people are talking about the NHL, good. You know, like, you listen, you don't want to talk about it in a negative way because we've done something, you know, socially horrible. But for the most part, you just want people talking about some of the things that we're doing because then they're noticing it and they're commenting on it. And again, you just want them watching you. When the bubble was happening, though, you were one of the most confident people walking around Rogers Place. I mean, the Western and Eastern hubs, this is an incarnation that had never been done before. And let's be honest, it could have been a catastrophe. It it wouldn't have been your fault. The COVID-19 virus had everyone guessing, but it wasn't. It was the exact opposite. An incredible success like no other bubble in sports since the pandemic began. Uh, but you were someone at the forefront online doing interviews, giving tours around the grounds on YouTube and connecting with the hotels, showing people how the bubble operated. Uh, were you sure in your mind that everything was going to go smoothly or was this just a blind hope? I wasn't 100% confident, being very honest, that we were going to get through that bubble unscathed. You know, I knew that the venue that we created was awesome. I knew that the game presentation that we created was awesome. 
I knew that we had the right people in place in all the different areas, all the different departments to pull off a great event. But the wild card was this virus. One of the things, and you know this from having been there with me, everybody bought in. Everybody took personal responsibility. And that was one thing I was proud of, that everybody was doing what they needed to do. It's really difficult. Uh, and, and believe me, our players and our teams and our staffs right now are following personal responsibility. But, you know, we got a bit lucky. But, you know, uh, I, I have to admit going in, I, I did not think that it was going to go as well as it went. I mean, I tell people all the time, you know, me and Steve worked together for months and I didn't see him till the the, the, the yeah, night the cup was raised. I, and even yeah. then we were socially distanced. Uh, we just heard each other on calm and through emails. Uh, you've often said, and I know just for working with you, one of your main goals is to help the lead to grow, obviously, to move into the future. And this includes things like, you know, making meaningful connections with the current fans, but, you know, trying to draw new eyes to the game. Uh, where is there a an area to improve there with the league. Where are you going next? Is it, especially the time we're living in, is it, is it more streaming of live events and interviews and, and stuff with players? Is it trying to get people excited about the game in markets or countries that aren't necessarily thought of as avenues to expand the sport or. We, we gotta, we gotta make our players more active and stars. I mean, the other successful sports have stars who one participate in social media and in, in other avenues, you know, they're, they're on, they're on TV shows that aren't about their sport. I mean, they're, they're seen, they're visibly out there. And I believe we have, we have some amazingly talented young players. Uh, there's a few in Edmonton. We have to just do a, a better and a grander job of just promoting them and just having these stars that, not only hockey fans, but all fans want to see. So that's one. And you, you mentioned expanding worldwide. We, you know, before the pandemic, we started playing in Europe. We had gone to China. You know, there's, there's so much room to grow the game around the world. And then the creation of, of new events, you know, things that really, you know, get people's attention. I do think gambling is another piece of um, growth. Um, I, I think it's, you know, what we're seeing in the United States, you know, spikes in the gambling world and getting people interested in hockey, believe it or not, through that avenue. Uh, again, it translates into TV audience and it translates into popularity. And again, you know, our, our focus is on sports fans, not only hockey fans. Well, you mentioned gambling. I mean, everyone loves to when their team wins big and they win big too. Uh, but like you were talking about in relation to the other big four sports, you know, NFL, NBA, uh, baseball, those are stars who they're almost larger than life. They're celebrities on social media, LeBron James, Tom Brady. They have this presence, a swagger. It's a level up from what we see. You know, the, the NHL is a little more subdued. How do you convey that to players it's not something you'd ever mandate that they have to you know do these things but how would you how do you coax them into being a little more you know personable and and these personalities that we all want to see it's difficult because they come from a culture where it, it is team over individual mm -hmm. 
you know, they're used to that locker room being sacred and there's no way they want to disrupt the locker room. You know, and, and I talked about these young players who I'm really jacked about. They're, they're like unbelievable talent in this league. But it's difficult because when there are veteran players on some of those teams that those younger players are on, those younger players are very cautious about how they act in that room and how they step out of, you know, the team to do something individually. And I think there's certain personalities that, you know, are more apt to do it than others. Uh, but it's not as simple as in basketball where, you know, you know, a, a kid gets drafted and he comes into the league as a rookie and he automatically is the superstar of the league. You know, when uh, Lafreniere comes in the league or a Kako comes in the league or Jack Hughes, like they need to come in and not be afraid to upset the locker room. I, I don't believe they would do that. And, and yet, that they are apprehensive at, at the very beginning. So it's always a work in progress. Um, again, I do think it's getting better, but I do think it's necessary in order to build the league. And we get criticized a lot for not building up our star players, but there has to be a willingness on both ends. Uh, it must be hard, especially nowadays, your position You know, during the pandemic moving forward. I know you, Steve, you want to plan big events. You want to have ideas. You want to see them come to fruition. You want to design engaging fan experiences. There's no fans in the building for the most part. Uh, there's not a lot of foresight. There's a ton of hurdles, uh, but try to tell us best you can. Where is the future right now of the NHL fan experience heading to the end of this season and the start of the next? Is it more connection? Like I was saying through social media uh, until we're back to normal. What's your, uh, game plan well i you know we are doing a really cool event two games in lake tahoe mm -hmm. uh it's gonna be magnificent you know close your eyes and it's the it's the mountains and the lake and the the forest the tree it's really gonna be cool um for the rest of this year you know we've been we've been trying to figure out how, how we bring together in a really cool way fans socially to watch and experience these games together. I do think setting up the divisions as we have, uh, rivalries have been promoted, and you're starting to see these divisions sort of take a personality and a shape of their own, which I think we're going to try to seize on, and especially where there's two cities that are becoming even greater rivals this year. Like, how do we get those fan bases uniquely, like, together in a social experience and a social environment. So I think that there are cool opportunities there, but, you know, I must admit nothing replaces going to the games and we want our fans back. We miss the fans. I mean, you talked a bit about Lake Tahoe later this month. That's going to be, I can just picture it on the shore of the largest Alpine Lake in North America. Uh, and then later this year, if things go well, you're, you know, in the fall, you're going to Europe, the global series of games, you know, the Predators taking on SC Bern in Switzerland, the Bruins play Alder Mannheim in Germany, uh, McKinnon and the Avalanche are playing the Blue Jackets in Finland. Is this something, again, you'd like to see more of when the world gets a bit more back to normal, taking the NHL uh, to foreign places and not just places like Europe where, you know, hockey, hockey is a heritage sport, but perhaps places where you wouldn't necessarily think to see the game played? 
So I, I think that is the next evolution of um, these European games. Listen, we, we have been trying to service where there is a fan base and to bring some of our players, as you know, back to where they grew up. Um, you know, I, I've seen some pretty cool moments, you know, where you've seen a player go back to their home city and how incredibly appreciative those fans are. You know, Line A in Finland and Eric Carlson in Sweden. I mean, awesome. I mean, you realize when you're there and you watch it firsthand, wow, this sport is really popular around the world. But you're right. Like, where are those places like China? I mean, I'll give you a story. You'll appreciate this. So we go to China. We're playing the first game ever in China, Shanghai. And we had never played before in this building. We made ice the day before and during the practice. We get there for practice and the humidity from the outside with the doors open, it was a fog pit. Like you couldn't even see the players practicing. It was, oh my goodness, this is a disaster. We had an order. We, we found humidifiers all over China. We, we brought them in like 30 or 40 humidifiers so that we would get rid of the spawn to play the game the next day. And it's the Kings against, I want to say the Ducks or the Sharks. I think it was the Sharks. So it's three to one at the end of the second period. Pretty good game, pretty entertaining. And we had done a pretty good job of like explaining to the Chinese audience, this is hockey. A little bit of a hockey 101. We come back for the beginning of the third period, and I look around. And I'm with your buddy, John Beccaro, <laughs> and I'm like, John, where is everybody? Like, there's no one here. And we realized everybody thought the game was two periods. They went home. <laughs> I mean, that's the level of education and that's what we realized. That was the moment we realized, man, we got a lot of work to do, but yet we have to start with the basics. And I think you'll see once we get back to normal, and I put quotes around that, that we'll, we'll start traveling a little bit more around the world to places that we haven't been or we don't have players just to start to educate that, that part of the world about this great game. I love I love the adventurous ideas, and I know the public does as well. You mentioned it just now. You're crossing your fingers. Do you think we'll see another playoff bubble to cap this season, this year? I hope by May we're in way better shape. Uh, vaccines are coming online both in the U.S. and Canada. The only issue could be when we get all the way to the end and we have four division winners, are we going to be able to travel – a team back and forth from the United States to Canada, because obviously one team in Canada will have survived the Northern division. So again, I I think we'll see when the time comes. It is not our interest to do a bubble again, but we also want to get through this season and how we get there is still, you know, to be written, but um, we're getting there. We're moving along. What about the other events we love in the off season, you know, in June, July, do you think we're headed back to Vegas for the awards this year? Uh, Maybe for the draft as well, or are we going to be seeing those events happen virtually uh, as they did last time? 
So that's the interesting part of the world we're living in right now. And you know this, Johnny. Like, we don't know. Um, we have to be prepared for everything. And we will be. So, you know, last year we had to do a virtual award show. Would we love to go back to Vegas or somewhere else to do the award show? You bet. I mean, that would be our goal. Have we even talked about it? Of course. But we also have to have in our back pocket, well, we might have to do a virtual award show. We have an interesting uh, year this year because not only do we have an award show and the draft, we also have an expansion draft. Um, we're, we're, we're welcoming a new team into the league, a 32nd team, the Seattle Kraken. And so they're scheduled to have an expansion draft. And there is nothing more than they would like is to be able to have a live event in Seattle around expansion drafts. So, you know, these are all the things we're, we're having these conversations. We're having conversations with teams for next year about winter classic, stadium series, all-star. The Olympics are back in the fold. Maybe we're going to go to the Olympics. All of these are great possibilities, but if you know something that I don't, please tell me. <laughs> I mean, I just don't know what the world is going to be like. We're going to find out, you know, hopefully soon, but we've got to be flexible. And that, I like this in a weird way. And that's the sort of crazy Steve. Like, I love the fact that you just, you have to have multiple plans. You have to be nimble. You have to be able to, you know, come up with an idea to do an outdoor game in the middle of nowhere in Lake Tahoe. And then you've got two months to put together what you normally would do in a year. Like, these are things that, like, excite me. Um, the rest of my team probably thinks I'm crazy and they hate it, <laughs> but you know, we, I wish I knew what was going to happen in June, July, or even next January. Um, you know, it's a crazy world we're living in right now and it's so unpredictable and we just only have to hope for the best, but we have to be prepared for anything. Well, pressure makes diamonds, right, Steve? So. <laughs> the guys from uh, Seattle Kraken, shout out to them. In, in a couple weeks, we'll be on the show giving us some insight into their upcoming season. I mean, they may be one of these teams, Steve. I know we don't want to say it, that have their first season begin with no fans, right? It's a possibility, which would be an incredible shame. You know, you've seen it in the NFL where they built these incredibly brand new, wonderful stadiums, and they've yet to have fans in them. You know, the one in L.A., the one in Vegas, those are spectacular. Imagine building, you know, and we may have that with not only Seattle, but a brand new building that's being built, which is magnificent for the New York Islanders. And, you know, and again, you just hope that they can open up in the traditional manner where it's packed and you have events around the opening night and it's just the anticipation is crazy. But, you know, right now, it's the old who knows. And, you know, you got to hope by October we're in way better shape. But, you know, I think we all, when we were together, thought that by January we would be in better shape. And we're not. I want to thank you for hanging out with me today, Steve. One last one from me. I know you, you know don't. you going to play some music? I mean, that's <laughs> all we did in the, I mean, in the bubble. I, I mean, you and I connected on the music side. What are you listening to these days? If I say any or play any, I'm going to have to pay someone. So we'll have to talk oh, after the show. That's a problem, isn't it? Yeah. We'll share some playlists. Nowadays, yeah. 
after the show. Uh, one last one for me today, Steve. I know it's relatively early in the season. You're kind of impartial being in your position, but who do you think is going to make a run for the cup this year? Who would you like to see? Which teams got you most excited this season? I love the new divisions. I really do. Um, I think that it's it's added a new spin to this year that I, I think the fans really responded to. Um, I like the fact that there's, you know, those two game sets. In some cases, there'll be three games where teams are playing each other. The buzz, and obviously I'm not there, but everything I'm reading and people talking about it, seeing what the ratings are like, obviously the Canadian division has done well. I think what you're starting to see are these divisions starting to sort of take shape. And I think you're going to start to see teams pull away from each other a little bit. And, you know, and, and that concerns me a hair as we get towards the end of the season, how many games are going to be truly meaningful. You know, the last month of the season as teams are jockeying for position and trying to get that fourth spot where you've got two teams in four and five battling, going to be amazing. I think there's a lot of teams that can win the Stanley Cup, to answer your question. I, and, I'm, and I'm not just playing the league role here. I, I, I think there are a lot of teams that can win, and I think it'll be interesting uh, to see how it all plays out. How's that for a diplomatic answer? It's perfect, Steve. Not every team, not every team can win, but a lot of teams can win. Well, I hope we're together soon uh, in person again. Steve Mayer is the CCO of the NHL. And be sure to come back when the world is a bit more back to normal and you've got some of these ideas that you can actually put into uh, engagement. Uh, be sure to come back and talk with us again, Steve. Anytime. Anytime. Well, there you go. A look inside the mind at the thoughts and ideas from the man responsible for the content delivered to you every day from inside the league. My thanks to Steve Mayer, CCO of the NHL, for being on the show today. I love what he's done the last five years. Uh, we'll see what he does in the next few years once his hands are untied, once we've got fans back in the building, once we get back to the new normal, whatever that is, hopefully sooner than later. My name's Johnny Infamous. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Johnny Infamous. couple games going on in the league tonight. you got the Red Wings versus the Lightning. You've also got the Bruins taking on the Flyers. Big show this weekend, though, right? The first battle of Alberta, Edmonton Oilers taking on the Calgary Flames in Cowtown. That is going to be a banger. And then Super Bowl on Sunday, right? Big weekend for sports. I hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to check out our visual podcast, that's the one to watch on YouTube. Just search Between Whistles. I'm Johnny Infamous. Be good to each other. Between Whistles with your host, Johnny Infamous. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Presented by DraftKings. Use promo code THPN to unlock rewards at DraftKings.com.